The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world, built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. Folks, it is Friday evening going into Saturday morning, and I hope everyone had a fantastic week, and I hope you have an even better weekend. Hopefully, you'll have some time to spend with the family, with the kids, with the grandkids, whatever it may be, whatever your situation may be, or just getting some alone time, some downtime. Maybe sit down and start to work on your goals, on your current options, on solutions to get there, to reach those goals. Maybe start to figure out, hey, I don't like those options I have. I'm going to start to make some changes so that I can have better options. And so that's what I'm going to work on a little bit this weekend. Today, I got all tied up. I'm working on some business stuff behind the scenes here at the Dustin Gold Standard, some expansion that we're going to be doing, sort of a new business model for 2023. Since we've got a few months behind us now in the show, I understand how the podcasting world works. As I said, I came out of the YouTube side of things, uh, producing for a content creator over there. That's what I was doing before this. So I am now uh, starting to figure this out and I'm going to see how this works going into 2023. We've been growing consistently, which is great. I want to thank you all very much for that. You're obviously sharing the show. I had some people reach out to me saying they listened to uh, the episode about the journey that my wife and I took going into the Rockefeller Medical Industrial Complex. So a lot of people listen to that. And I'm very happy if I can provide you guys with information, intelligence, research, analysis, dissecting the plans of the elites, and then sharing my real-world experiences with dealing with them, and then also with how I plan to escape the matrix, then I feel like I am doing my part, ladies and gentlemen. And so uh, I worked on that today. We're going to be doing a lot of stuff. I have mentioned over the last number of episodes about releasing some of the video side of this show on YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey, and uh, what's the other one, folks? Rumble, Odyssey, and BitChute. BitChute. And so we are going to start doing that. And don't worry, the folks who have subscribed over at pain.tv slash gold to get the ad-free video version of this podcast, we're going to be releasing the back live. So now that we're over 100 episodes, we're going to start releasing one a day of the Dust and Gold Nugget and then the corresponding Dust and Gold Standard on those video platforms to start to reach more folks out there. And because the shows are pretty much evergreen, I think I can release them, even though it's going to start three months behind. Um, I think that'll be okay because I want to get this information out to as many people as possible. I feel like I've done a lot of work here, a lot of research, and it needs to be shared. And hopefully we can make, wake up more people and then bring them over to the community at pain.tv slash gold. So we're going to 
going to start doing that, I think, January 1st. I'm in the process of developing the publishing timeline. It's going to take a lot of work because I have to go back and re-edit each episode and balance the audio in a way that I wasn't doing before. And so I need to uh, develop a new streamlined system here. It doesn't run on artificial intelligence. It runs on dust and gold intelligence. So that's what I was working on today. Uh, I'm in the process of talking to some possible uh, sponsors for this show that could help kick us off a little more. Uh, another marketing plan. Uh, to, to help us grow. So that's what I was doing today. Didn't even have time to cook. Didn't have time to make bread. Thank God my mother-in-law here from Poland made me breakfast this morning. And so that was really nice. And then for lunch, I had leftover turkey soup that I made the other day. And it just gets better with age, folks. This soup is delicious. And then for dinner, uh, we made a homemade pizza with some leftover thanksgiving ham a little mortadella tomatoes mozzarella cheese and some basil so that was actually really good ladies and gentlemen so i'm recording this a little later than i normally do uh, because i had so much to do today and then tomorrow unfortunately i'm going to be stuck trying to finish up these business plans and then hopefully start to work on some personal life stuff today my wife and i gave uh, willie g his first real bath we have one of those old fisher price baths with like a hammock inside of it for the baby and so we did that she was so proud of it so we washed him down cleaned his little butt crack and uh it was great he's having a fantastic uh, fantastic time right now he didn't cry at all so he loves the bath uh we offered to give one to my mother-in-law but uh, she declined she declined <laughs> all right folks so that's it on the personal front uh to everyone who has left a five-star review and a comment at apple podcast thank you very much if you haven't please do so yesterday we had our largest day ever largest day ever of people listening to the show which is amazing but i need you guys to convert that over into either leaving a five-star review at apple podcast or purchasing a subscription to pain.tv slash gold, where you will get uh, access, obviously, to the ad-free video version of this, the Dust and Gold Standard, and the ad-free video version of the Thomas Payne podcast with Mike Moore, and on Fridays with co-host Maria Albanese, a personal close friend of mine. She is Auntie Maria to uh, Willie G., Willie G. William Christoph Gold. We call him Willie G. He's a gangster, yo. He's a gangster. So uh, join us over at pain.tv slash gold. Also, if you'd like to leave a donation to the show, help us grow a little bit quicker, you can do that at donorbox.org slash Dustin Gold Show. All right, folks. Where are we? We are in the middle of discussing universal basic income and i'm going to show you how that ties into central bank digital currency we're dissecting the financial side of the technate all right of the technate and trying to understand exactly how this systematic control of the means of production and the distribution of goods and services as written about by technocracy inc back in the 1920s and 30s is going to work how it's going to work and so i shared this show with some personal friends of mine who follow a little bit of what i cover here but they're mainly on the wwe side the fox news side of 
politics. And so I had told them they've heard about CBDC because it's been mentioned on mainstream news. And Glenn Beck's been talking about it, really started to push it a few months ago. And so they heard a little bit about it. And I said, well, I'm really digging into this. I'm showing all of the tech companies uh, and those folks behind this, working with the Bank for International Settlements, the World Economic Forum, United Nations, World Bank, uh, and those folks, the International Monetary Fund. And so I told them, you know, UBI is going to be tied into this. And they said to me, oh, come on, you know, you're crazy. I said, well, do you know that universal basic income is being tested in dozens of places around? the united states right now and they said no it no really i said yeah well i said you could read this article from the washington post and it talks about a lot of the programs not all of them they all the washington post is fake news uh no it's not this is not fake news this article that we're reviewing folks it's real news and unfortunately folks on the right side of the aisle people that we would think would be our allies won't take the time to read something like this so i told them i am reviewing the article in full at the dusty gold standard so if you don't want to read it you could just pop on the show while you're driving around or while you're uh, raking the leaves or shoveling your driveway, depending on where you live, um, you can understand that this is actually happening. It's actually happening. The UBI test or the so-called experiments, as these folks that are the social engineers are calling them experiments, are going on. And all this data is being collected on people's habits, how they're spending the money, when they're spending the money, what kind of effects it has on them, what kind of things, things the government could make them do in exchange for that cash, seeing if they spend it faster, if they have an expiration date on the money. Oh, yeah. All. All this stuff is being measured and tracked. So universal basic income will be rolled out. And we're going to finish talking about that. And then I'm going to show you how it ties into central bank digital currency. Some of the stuff that, and I really don't talk about President Joe Biden, but some of the stuff that President Joe Biden is looking at. You know, he put a big digital currency executive order into place also the transhumanist executive order so he is advancing the ball and so this is what we're going to go over today and as i've told you before this is going to lead us back into consensus which is the software company one of the main software companies that is working with the world bank as well as bank for international settlements on developing blockchain technology that overlays on top of Ethereum and then working with all these private sector partners like Visa and MasterCard to help roll out central bank digital currency faster. Uh, And this is actually happening in real time. So we're going to get into that. And then we're going to look at some of the panel discussions I've mentioned a few times here uh, coming out of the World Economic Forum, United Nations, World Bank, Bank for International Settlements and International Monetary Fund. So you can see what those folks at the tip of the spear are talking about and how quickly they're advancing it. Now, Wide Awake Jim. And you should check out the episodes we did with him, episode 80, that's four hours going through the climate change hustle. And then episode 88, which was a follow-up to 80, that was a two-hour show. Jim started sending me his document dump uh, yesterday. And oh my God, folks, there's literally... I don't know what he sent me, 200 documents. And he says to me, uh, Dustin, 
I know I always come prepared with an outline and exactly the order we're going to go in, but I have no idea. Can you help me go through this? I'm like, Jim, how the hell am I going to go through 200 documents? I've got 50 documents sitting on my desk for future shows coming up that I have to go through and understand. I have documents I'm finding a half hour before I record that I'm working into the shows. And so 200 documents, I mean, how are we even going to cover all this stuff? But he said to me, if you think that you have uncovered some stuff over the last four or five episodes wait until you see the information that i have and i said all right jim well as long as we can tie all this together because my goal with the audience is to start to figure out a timeline based on all these data points that we have all the white papers all the research and be able to come up with a timeline on when we realistically think that this stuff is going to be rolled out and when it's going to affect certain groups of people. Like I said, social security, disability, welfare, that kind of stuff. And so Jim said to me, well, I think it's going to take at least a generation or more before they have the full-blown international central bank digital currency rolled out across all 194 target countries and working cross-border. Um I understand where he's coming from with that, and we'll discuss it live on the show. But I think that they're going to get it done quicker. I don't necessarily believe that they need to have 194 countries interlinked and all the cross-border stuff working. I don't believe they're actually building uh, a completely unique new infrastructure to run this. I think they are going to do it through partners like Visa and MasterCard, and they're going to use existing financial structure to move the central bank digital currency around. But we'll go through that with Jim. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. I I hope so. I love to be wrong. I wish I was wrong about this entire thing, and we were living back in the days of uh, the pioneers, but unfortunately, that's just not the case, folks. I mean, I was driving around. I had to run out today and do a quick air, and I had to return an Amazon thing to the UPS store and run into the grocery store to grab a battery, and so... It was good because I hadn't been out of the house for a couple of days, so I needed to drive around and get some sun. And I was thinking about it. I'm saying, you know, everybody is sitting around complaining uh, about the system we live in, but yet we're willing to keep on voting to put people in charge that we think are going to fix the system we live in or they're going to manage the system that we live in better. Because even if we go back to the Trump days and you think the first three years of Trump, the last year obviously was COVID land, the high school theater production. But if you think the first three years of Trump were good or ideal, were they your utopia? I mean, the technocracy was already here. It was already coming. You just didn't know about it. And that's what set us up for COVID land, the high school theater production. So we complain about this system that we're living in, yet we continue to participate within the system. It's kind of confusing, folks. I started to write a monologue about it, which I'm not going to cover tonight because I actually want to expand on it and finish working on it and then deliver that as a monologue. Most of the stuff I do here is right on the fly, but other stuff, sometimes I put my thoughts down. I record it into my phone when I'm driving around. It gives me ideas, but 
I just was listening to people in the grocery store for a couple minutes, just complaining and complaining. And yet, uh, somehow we think this is going to fix itself. But yet, these people don't understand what the real problems are. Where here at the Dustin Gold Standard, you do. You understand the real problems. And when we get back, we're going to finish up discussing this problem coming our way, universal, basic, income ladies and gentlemen i'll be right back this is dust and gold with the dust and gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dust and gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dust and gold standard on pain.tv Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. I am Dustin Gold. Remember, folks, a few episodes ago, I shared my plan for solutions. It was a five-part plan. One, educate yourself and others. Two, insulate yourself and your family three separate yourself and your family from highly populated areas densely populated areas four congregate with like-minded folks build a community of like-minded folks around you whether that be your neighbor or whether that be friends you have across the country or people you met at pain.tv slash gold but find a community of folks that you can actually get to know you know over the phone on zoom stuff like that i mean maria albanese and i are friends we don't live next door to each other but build that community and five accelerate you need to accelerate accelerate these plans because they are moving at warp speed the enemies the technocrats well right here we're focused on educate yourself and others i think what we're doing here is explaining a lot of the problems a lot of the pieces of the technocracy that we're living in and moving into uh in more detail I think than others have. And so once we get another, say, 100 episodes into this show, we're going to understand pretty much how this entire technocratic system operates, what the transhumanists are doing. I mean, they're moving at warp speed. So I heard someone say before, well, we will be the most educated slaves that ever existed. Well, we might not have to be slaves if we're educated. All right, because we might be able to break away and free ourselves, or we may be able to learn how to skirt the system and work around the system. But if you're not going to educate yourself, I don't know what you think you're going to escape. I don't know how you think you're going to work around this if you don't actually understand what exactly it is. And every show that I do here, at this point, at this stage in the Dust and Gold Standard, I'm educating myself. I mean, I knew about universal basic income and central bank digital currency, but not to the extent that I'm learning about it now. And so if you're going to formulate a plan to try to work around it, I think you really have to understand how deep it goes. Now, obviously, when we're talking about these subjects, you know, we could spend 5,000 episodes training ourselves to be a cbdc coder that's not going to do us any good but we sure as hell will know how the rule book works won't we i mean if you're about to jump into a baseball game don't you want to know the rules before you walk out there with a glove or with a bat 
you know, if you're about to get into a UFC mixed martial arts match, don't you want to know if you're allowed to punch someone in the groin or bite them before you get in there? No, you want to know the rules. I want to know the rules of the technocracy. Uh, And when we look at the history of technocracy and eugenics, and then we look at where it is today and transhumanism is, I think we can figure out exactly where they're going with it because we understand what the initial goals were. Now, they are following those original blueprints. And as I've said many times, the difference now is they actually have the technology in place to be able to implement a lot of those dystopian Uh, authoritarian plans unlike ever before all right we're back here to the washingtonpost.com i'm just going to pick up where we left off yesterday the last paragraph it says in march 2021 the researchers released preliminary data from the first year of the pilot while their first peer-reviewed paper is still in the works their self-reported results showed an unqualified success more than 50% of recipients and they could pay for a four um, more than 50% of recipients said they could pay for a $400 emergency expense in cash compared with 25% before the program began and 28% of the control group recipients experienced statistically significant improvements in their mental health as determined by a common test of psychological well-being and as i mentioned in the close of yesterday show so what are they they're forcing these people that they have on this uh ubi test pilot to take psychological exams right so giving them a few hundred dollars a month is helping out uh their psychological problems i mean come on folks it's so ridiculous goes on to say importantly for tubs and this is michael tubs of stockton the former mayor there So importantly for Tubbs and other politicians looking to sell conservatives on guaranteed income, the study found that Seed, that's his program, if you want to learn more about it, go back to episode 101, found that Seed participants were more likely to find full-time employment than members of the control group. Recipients spent the biggest share of their cash on food, followed by other merchandise, utility bills, and gas and car maintenance. Less than 1% of the total allotted funds were used to buy tobacco or alcohol. Quote, honestly, I don't think Seed could have done any better, end quote, Klein says. Quote, I'm astounded at what a small little demonstration can do, end quote. Now, what I'm guessing here, folks, is that when they gave them their money on a card, right, they're obviously able to track all of the items purchased on the card now people must have had to opt into this somehow because they're literally spying on you so let's say they give you a pre-loaded amazon card with 500 dollars a month right and then you go out and you spend all that money on stuff and less than one percent of that was used to buy tobacco or alcohol so you were letting them buy tobacco or alcohol if they wanted now if they knew that they were being tracked and spied on, as I said, there would have to be some sort of informed consent here. Uh, You're signing a contract to let them spy on you. Uh, I don't think you open this up to letting them spy on your 
regular checking account, you know, separate from this program. So if you were afraid that you were going, and I'm not saying this is true, I'm just making a point here. If you got a free $500 gift card every month and you knew that the prison wardens giving it to you were spying on your spending habits, would you not use that card to pay for food and your utility bills and your gas and car maintenance? And then you would use your other money to buy your booze and your tobacco. I mean, that's just the way that anyone would do that (laughs) i mean think about it folks think about it a year later data from a dc-based guaranteed income experiment showed similarly promising results see this a dc-based guaranteed income experiment everything is an experiment how do you like having experiments conducted on you The experiment of putting a brain chip in a human's head. The experiment of giving them universal basic income and then tracking their spending habits and seeing if they'll jump up and down and dance like a wild monkey for us if we tell them to. I mean, you remember the brain chip experiment that Elon Musk ran? The uh, monkey mind pong? The one that we showed even though two years ago when he launched that to the public, it was already done by the government almost 20 years earlier. Well, every time the monkey actually move the ball around inside the mind pong they let it drink its banana shake out of a straw and then if it won they gave it an actual banana that's us that's the people here that are connected up to the universal basic income tokenized gamified um ubi that's how it works it goes on to say thrive east of the river provided fifty five hundred dollars to 600 families in ward eight during the pandemic either as a lump sum or as five monthly payments all right so they either gave them fifty five hundred dollars or they gave them eleven hundred dollars over five months okay Allow the pro, uh, although the program was too short term to measure effects on employment, Urban Institute researchers found significant positive effects on recipients' mental health, food security, and ability to meet their children's needs. Thrive wasn't part of the mayor's consortium launching guaranteed income pilots, but policymakers embraced the Urban Institute data as an important part of the overall work. Just all these experiments going on. Let's hand out free money to people and then track them and see what they do. Quote, even my staff cautioned me about being so optimistic and confident, but I was going to bet on people, end quote, Tubbs said, tilting back in his chair in the messy shed-turned office that sits behind his home in a historically black neighborhood of Los Angeles. The seed results, quote, were particularly vindicating because everyone was like, quote, we need cash, end quote. But there were all these racist tropes. And the opposite of all the tropes is what the data showed was true, end quote. The question Tubbs and his allies did not originally confront, however, is what would happen if they showed that guaranteed income works, but still didn't convince enough lawmakers to support it. Toward the end of 2021, guaranteed income advocates got a harsh lesson on the limitation of data when it comes to winning the hearts and minds of policymakers and voters. I mean, no one has explained where the money is actually coming from yet, right? I mean, it's all imaginary money. We live in the world of monopoly money, whether that is the fiat 
printed paper money today that they just print on a printing press whenever they feel like it and put it into circulation. Whether it's the, the digital money in circulation today, which is just a spreadsheet that you look at uh, as far as your checking and savings account goes, you know, or whether it's your PayPal account or your Venmo account or your Google wallet or your Apple Pay, whatever that may be. Um, or it's your uh, crypto wallet, your Coinbase, with all your digital currency. I mean, it's all monopoly money. The issue, though, is that in the system we live in, and even when we move to CBDC digital currency, it is still piling debt onto our kids, grandkids, and you know, infinite numbers of future generations, turning them into debt slaves. They're born into debt slavery. Years ago, I had a spreadsheet I created, and it showed something like every child born in the United States was born with something like a million dollars in debt on their head already. I mean, it's insanity. It's insanity. goes on to say, earlier that year, in response to the pandemic, President Biden had signed a dramatically expanded version of the child tax credit. Suddenly, parents would be paid as much as $3,600 per child per year, up from $2,000. But there was a bigger change, too. The money became fully refundable, meaning parents would receive the funds even if their total tax liability was lower than the credit itself. Historically, the poorest one-third of parents didn't benefit from the CTC, that's the child tax credit, because they pay the least in taxes. Now they would receive an extra several thousand dollars a year delivered monthly, essentially a small guaranteed income. Scholars called it one of the most important moves to fight poverty since the creation of Social Security. Now, let me just explain this real quick. Oh, yeah, one of the most significant moves uh, to fight poverty since the creation of Social Security, right? Where the government steals your money, tells you they're going to invest it for you, and then you're going to get a guaranteed pension from the government. Of course, that system was broke going back to 1960. They stole all the money. There is no trust. And the whole idea of the New Deal, which was a major tenet of technocracy, was to slap a Social Security number on every man, woman, and child here in the United States. What a rotten scam, and what a complete and total lie. Here's the other part, though. What they're saying is, let's say you don't work, all right? So your tax liability, let's say, is zero. If you have five kids, right, the government is going to give you, give you, like in a form of a check, $18,000, right? Because you're going to get $3,600 per kid times five, eighteen thousand dollars so you have zero tax liability but you're going to get eighteen thousand dollars in the mail what does that incentivize people to do to keep having children and not working of course that's what it does see all of these programs the government creates are social engineering now why would you want a system like that at the same time you're complaining about overpopulation and you're complaining uh coming out of the eugenics movement that the good stock here in the country isn't producing enough people to work inside 
of the system. See, this is problem, reaction, solution as well. Go back to Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood. She couldn't automatically start selling abortion to people. So what she did is she promoted the free love movement to get women to start having unprotected sex and welcoming men to come and do that. And then once the women got pregnant under the feminist movement, then they would say, well, don't let a child ruin your uh, career in telecommunications. Just have have an abortion and that's how they sold it so they're always trying to increase uh the population to then sell us on ideas for overpopulation which leads to depopulation folks this is engineering of humanity out of existence these people know exactly what the hell they're doing i'm sorry the show isn't on this but i had to point that out because you can see right there this is what welfare and all this other stuff does is you're promoting people to have children out of wedlock and keep paying them to do this Uh, by giving him money and encouraging him to do it. You're paying people to do things. The government admits, it's admitted to in this article, we covered it yesterday in episode 101, they want to give people UBI, universal basic income, in order to change their habits and shape their habits into what the state deems to be fit. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back. My name is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back from the break. Welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold. Dustin Gold, folks. And we're getting ready. I think January 1st, we're going to launch the morning show. It's going to start out as just a half-hour show, the Dustin Gold Mine. The Dustin Gold Mine. And then we're going to be putting out a short little version, uh, just a two-minute sort of Twitter telegram little facebook clip that people can pop out to help promote the dust and gold standard we'll be doing that every day that'll be called the dust and gold rush so we have the dust and gold standard the dust and gold nugget the dust and gold rush and the dust and gold mine so um yeah folks i think that's going to be fun all right let's continue here it said as soon as parents begin receiving the extra ctc funds several groups of researchers began studying the results Everything is always being studied and tracked. How do people like being experiments for the government? You know, you're just a human trial to these people. Unbelievable. Quote, we were hopeful that people would be able to see the immediate benefits, the poverty reduction that was happening, but also the impacts for families in terms of reducing stress and the ability to afford the basics, end quote, says Chris Weimer, who co-led one such team at Columbia University Center on Poverty and Social Policy. Oh, Columbia University. Remember those guys? Uh, that's where the technocracy movement grew out of. That's where FDR's brain trust that created the New Deal grew out of. That's where IBM was based. 
at the time, they were working on the Watson computer in collaboration with the uh, Nazis, folks. That's also a major hub of eugenics, Columbia University. It says, with that proof of effectiveness in hand, Weimer hoped Congress would feel compelled to make the policy permanent. In December 2021, Weimer and his colleagues released a report on the first six months of the expanded CTC. That's a child tax credit, in case you missed that in the last segment. Each month, they found the policy single-handedly kept as many as 3.8 million children out of poverty, reducing the child poverty rate by nearly 30%. Okay, so what you're saying is that, now let's just pretend someone's tax burden was $1,000. So now you're going to give them this $3,600 child tax credit, right? It was $3,600. Let me just add $3,600. So they'd be getting a check for $2,600 because $3,600 minus the $1,000 tax liability is $2,600. So you handed a parent or parents $2,600 and that lifted the child out of poverty? So the $2,600 put this, the, the, like the uh, net wealth of this parent above the poverty line. So what happened a week and a half later when they spent half of the $2,600? It brought them back down below the poverty line. You see the scam? It's a total, total scam. Even if someone had five kids and you gave them a total of $18,000 because they had zero tax liability, meaning let's just say they did not work or they worked and then they wrote everything off as expenses and so they ended up zero at the end of the year. You're telling me that the $18,000 you give them takes those children outside of the poverty rate? outside of the poverty line and then what happens immediately when they start spending the money they drop back down below is it it's such a scam see this is why it's important to understand what these technocratic madmen are doing because you don't understand all the problems you're looking at are created by these orchestrated social engineering solutions that these frankenstein doctors these eugenicists these transhumanists these technocrats these sick disgusting prison planet wardens are doing to people these programs are insanity and and wait until we show you social impact bonds and how they're basically betting on the outcome of children on wall street oh yeah folks this gets to be real sick and this is where we're eventually going to go with this but see they're tracking all this they hand you money then they track it well under cbdc everything will be tracked you won't have a choice you opt in by accepting and spending cbdc with these programs i assume you had to opt in by signing a piece of paper It goes on to say the largest percentage of money was spent on food, followed by essential bills, clothing, rent, or mortgage payments, school expenses, and paying down debt. The number of families who didn't have enough to eat in a given week dropped by 24%. Parents were no more likely to stop working because of the extra funds. Let me just tell you this, too. I had a friend of mine. I'm not going to mention their name. We are no longer... uh, buddies we kind of parted ways i got a little sick and tired of uh, some of his nonsense but he has this uh they were not married it was a girlfriend partner together for like 20 years i think they had 
three or four kids together. They had a rental house that cost over $3,000 in Washington, D.C. They end up splitting up. He goes and rents another house, I think, uh, in Maryland, but not far away, like a few blocks away. And so she falls behind on the rent during COVID. Now, this is because she wasn't working. She was collecting all kinds of welfare and everything, unbeknownst to him. This guy did work his ass off. He worked like two and three jobs sometimes. He was hustling uh, every which way but Sunday and on Sunday, actually, every which way, including Sunday. He was working nonstop, like 12, 14 hours a day forever for a long time. I got to give him that. So he finds out she was collecting welfare getting food stamps everything on the side and so when they split up finally um she starts falling behind in the rent but because of covid land the high school theater production the government right made those laws that they couldn't force people to pay their rent she gets behind on this three thousand dollar a month uh house they were renting by fifty thousand dollars fifty thousand dollars plus tens of thousands in utility bills so he kept telling her listen they're going to turn the switch back on you've got to get out there and start working well she refused to work anyway she finds some government program that ends up covering the note they paid off fifty thousand dollars in back rent for her or maybe less whatever they could negotiate with the landlord not to kick her out and then covered tens of thousands of dollars of back utility payments i mean this is the kind of money they're handing out to people now does that make her uh not in poverty because she gets to live in a house that the government paid for no she's as poor as dirt they incentivize the poverty by paying those bills and continuing to encourage her not to go to work she didn't work for years i mean they broke up but she literally sustained that house by not working all right it goes on to say a separate columbia study once again the uh, technocrats here at columbia found that a permanent expansion would have generated 10 times as much revenue as it cost but ultimately none of that mattered the build back better bill which included a one-year extension of the child tax credit expansion narrowly passed the u.s house in november 2021 but all 50 senate republicans opposed it when biden's negotiations with senator joe manchin iii a conservative democrat from west virginia broke down just before the holiday break biden stopped publicly uh, advocating for the new version of the child tax credit After the expanded CTC ran out, Weimer and other scholars found that child poverty rates increased immediately. Give me a break. They are such liars, folks. Such liars. That little bit of money, if you have one kid, the max you can get is $3,600 in cash if you owe no taxes. $3,600 does not pull a child out of poverty. Because one that money is just spent immediately. It's, it's a complete and total lie. It's a lie. It is a complete lie. 
It's a complete lie. I don't know how else to say it. Weimer and other scholars found that child poverty rates increased immediately, spiking 41% in the first month. About one in seven American children lives below the poverty line, which at just $27,750 for a family of four dramatically underestimates the number who are simply too poor to eat well or to have consistent electricity access or to afford registration fees for school sports. Okay, so let, let's just pretend. Let's just pretend that family made $27,750. And let's say they ended up owing no taxes. That's because they were able to basically write that if you make $27,750 for a family of four, that's it. And you're going to get the $3,600, let us say, for or two kids. So you get $7,200 if you have a zero tax liability. The $7,200 is not pulling you out of poverty. If you make $27,750 for a family of four, I don't know where you're living anyway. You're already in a Section 8 government apartment, which makes you poor to begin with. So it's a total lie to say that $7,200 for this family of four is going to pull this family out of poverty. And when you cut it off, it made him go back into poverty. It's it's just, it's so ridiculous. And I'm not sitting here complaining about these uh, people that are on welfare and everything. I look at them as victims of the state. And it's generation upon generation of a fake civil rights bill and all of this other nonsense we're seeing here that encourages people to stay in poverty. You're paying them to stay in poverty. Universal basic income is a bribe to keep people into poverty. And then what you're doing is you're giving people an excuse. Remember the old days we would say, stop uh, turning black people into victims. Stop making them live under this victim status. Well, what do you think it is when Andrew Yang was running for president in 2020, telling all the young kids, part of the Yang gang, the Yang gang, that they were victims Victims. They were going to be replaced by automation and artificial intelligence and AI, right? I mean, an AI and robotics, that they were victims. They were victims. So we're going to give you $1,000 a month to shut your mouth and to stay in poverty. You're selling people this idea of poverty, which is easy to do when you've rigged an entire system and you're destroying the workforce you're destroying real jobs all these careers that you sent people to college for you send them to school for programming and then import you know millions upon millions of indians with it degrees here on h1b visas you take all the blue collar jobs and you import all the cheap labor from mexico and south america and then you're replacing a bunch of other stuff with artificial intelligence and robots so you're destroying the workforce and turning people into victims and then offering them ubi to the point where they have no choice because they are socially engineered into the choice of having to accept universal basic income just like the vast majority of americans were forced were socially engineered into the choice of having to take the stimulus checks under President Trump, which was a test for universal basic income. Why? Because they shut down your job and they told you you couldn't go to work. They locked down the country. They engineered you into that world. They forced you to have to take universal basic income. Folks, I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. 
You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm about to blow your mind. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Payne.tv slash gold. Wait until you hear what is up next, folks. I'm serious. I said I would blow your mind. Let me read you this paragraph and then and then I'll show you what's going on here, ladies and gentlemen. It says the child tax credit saga forced many into the guaranteed income movement to give hope that a federal policy was imminent. Advocates talk openly about the lessons they learned, including that statistics are not sufficient and that upfront costs feel more tangible than long-term fiscal benefits. A partial solution to both problems, they believe, is encouraging recipients to tell their own stories rather than being rendered anonymous in a list of statistics. Um, how about all the folks that uh, got sick or have died from a little thing we call the jab, huh? Do they get to go out there and tell their story? Now, they're rendered anonymous in a list of statistics, are they not, folks? But for these people who are receiving universal basic income, the test pilot for central bank digital currency, oh, they should tell their stories. Are you ready? Are you ready? It says right here, nearly every guaranteed income pilot program selects a small subset of recipients. Zona Everett was one. Remember her? She was in the beginning of this story. She's the woman who lost her cushy government job, suffered from COVID-19, ended up working for DoorDash, got a job with Tesla in the factory, was wearing a white puffer jacket and was drinking a caramel frappuccino. You remember her? You remember that one? It was like the perfect setup to a joke. Well, ready for this? Ready for this? Nearly every guaranteed income pilot program selects a small subset of recipients. Zona puffy jacket Everett was one to speak publicly about their experiences providing them professional media training providing them professional media training so they take these folks that they drove into poverty they give them free money with strings attached they say there's no strings attached right they could go buy tobacco and alcohol there's strings attached because they're tracking your payments you're a guinea pig you're a human trial for the bank for international settlements for the international monetary fund for the world bank for the central banksters that's what you are you're just a guinea pig so there are strings attached right and now they take them and they give them professional media training where does the government have the right to do this Okay, you want to talk about solutions, you need to understand the problem. And here you go. You're going to see somebody on TV going, yeah, I got universal basic income. It was awesome. It was great. And then you say, oh, no, we don't want universal. And you don't even understand that that person is a paid 
influencer who went through professional media training, paid for by not only your tax dollars, but the debt piled on to your great, 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 great grandchildren. Your great, 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 great grandchild that you will never meet paid for professional media training for Zona Everett on top of her uh, caramel frappuccino and her white puffer jacket. It goes on to say the chosen storytellers are taught to focus on specific details. The chosen storytellers. I should sign up for this, folks. I could get paid by the government to do my show and talk about how I love universal basic income. Well, it helped me buy a microphone and I got to start my show. The chosen storytellers are taught to focus on specific details. What emergency expense were they able to cover with the guaranteed income? What smaller treat, whether a restaurant meal or a night away from home, did they splurge on? How could they tell their children were feeling more stable? And several pop up regularly in national media outlets. Wait a second. I thought the program was helping lift these people out of poverty. They live so close to the poverty line. But yet they're splurging at restaurants and a a night away from home. Okay, I'm not saying people don't have the right to do that. I feel bad for those who can't. But that's not what this program is about, is it? I thought we were lifting people out of poverty. We were lifting children out of poverty. But now we find out that we are providing professional media training to these paid influencers who are spokesmen for universal basic income that brings in the central bank digital currency slave system. And several of these folks pop up regularly in national media outlets. Do they put an asterisk under their name that says paid spokesman for the government, propagandist for the government, operation mockingbird for the government, The Global Engagement Center propagandist for the government? No, of course. Of course not. But see, folks, this is coming from the Washington Post. This is written mainly to people on the left, but folks on the right won't read it, so you don't know this story. When you read this, you will then understand what the hell is going on. It is all orchestrated. It is strategic. There is nothing that is not planned in this clown world system. It's rigged. It's all rigged. It's all by design. And these programs are running constantly and consistently around the country. It goes on to say, quote, we have a goal of changing or challenging narratives around people, end quote, says Waulina Bidabnuar, a philosophy professor at Stanford and director of the university's basic income lab. Stanford, home of Peter Thiel. It goes on to say, that's long, slow work. The current initiatives are like adding a few individual stones to the base of a cathedral so grand it might not be completed for decades. Quote, it's always about more than just actual policy. It's about how we view each other and when we think of each other as deserving of support and when we don't and what stands in the way. And if we understand that and we make progress on that, we make progress on many other things and 
unquote. The, the, the folks, imagine if uh, conser- if there were real conservatives who got into power and they wanted to do a program to show that owning guns worked. And so they selected 500 random people and gave them a uh, AK-47. And then not only that, folks, then they tracked their habits with the AK-47. Well, uh, you know, they went down to the gun range. Uh, one of the guys murdered somebody with it, but that's okay. So they go down to the gun range. Some of them hang it on their wall. One guy showed it off to his friends. The other one let his son play with it on Halloween. But uh, then what we did, folks, is we paid them to go through professional media training and put them on TV to try to sell the idea of handing out guns to everyone for free. Could you imagine if that was happening? Coming out of the so-called right, what the left, the so-called left would say about that. I mean, think about it. What's the difference? What is the difference? It goes on to say, despite the setbacks at the federal level, philanthropic interest in guaranteed income continues to increase and the body of research on local programs continues to grow no two experiments work exactly the same way some are only for people marking under a certain uh, making under a certain income others are limited to certain neighborhoods or just for single parents making each city feel like its own laboratory its own laboratory yes they're all laboratories because these people are are guinea pigs just like the folks with alzheimer's or dementia or paralysis that have a brain chip shoved into their head they are a guinea pig too sitting in a frankenstein laboratory well this is the laboratory of social engineering it's not like this is new folks this stuff has been going on throughout history But this is what's going on right now in the moment, and this is all for the test of UBI. You're going to see this all links in to central bank digital currency. So you sit here and you say, how are they going to get that done? Well, they're working on it. They're working on it, and time is on their side. The state government, it always expands. It's constantly expanding. It has engulfed everything. It is still here. Since the beginning of mankind, the state, the government, is still here. It goes on to say, still, as in any movement, especially one where the greatest energy is at the local level, there are disagreements. Some are over substance and others over who gets the most attention. Unanswered questions range from the fundamental, should guaranteed income be provided to everyone, are more narrowly targeted to lift people out of poverty. To the ultra-specific, should money be provided on prepaid debit cards or via online transfers? And there is plenty of jockeying, jockeying among movement leaders over who knows best. Well, you know the movement leaders are grifters, folks. They're skimming off these programs for sure. I mean, come on. We could probably research that and find it. It just would be a total waste of our time because we know that it would be true. But see this? Should guaranteed income be provided to everyone? are more narrowly targeted to lift people out of poverty. $500 a month is not lifting anyone out of poverty. 
It's not that it's just that's tugging at the heartstrings. This this article is written for people on the so-called left. So you tug at their heartstrings, you play to their human emotion. And then it goes on. Should money be provided on prepaid debit cards or via online transfers? Well, they're tracking it all, so it has to be on these debit cards. All right. But eventually I said it's going to be central bank digital currency. Goes on to say 350 miles down Interstate 5 from Stockton, the Compton Pledge has replaced seed as the nation's buzziest guaranteed income experiment. The key difference, while most pilots are designed to investigate whether basic income works, the team in Compton sees that question as too obvious to merit discussion. Instead, they are studying the factors that make it work best. Quote, now we know that we should do this policy, end quote, says Nika Sunshong, the Compton Pledge's co-director, quote, the question is really how, and unless we get more future-oriented, thinking about how and asking questions to inform the answer, we're going to fail, end quote. Soonshong29 stands out among movement leaders. Its most visible proponents are black. She is the daughter of ethnically Chinese, natively South African parents. She didn't grow up in Compton, and she began studying basic income as a PhD student at Oxford University. And whereas many guaranteed income advocates talk in detail about how a policy would have helped their own families, her father is a billionaire bioscientist, Patrick Soonshong, who owns the Los Angeles Times and is share of the Lakers. She also voices a more radical case for guaranteed income, laced with language about prison uh, abolition, defunding the police, and reparations, right? So there you go. And um, this isn't the only one. If you start to look behind who's actually promoting these universal basic income experiments, you're going to find many other billionaires, right? So you have this woman, Sunshang, whose father is a billionaire who owns a share of the Lakers, who's out there pushing prison abolition, defunding the police, and reparations. And also, she is the chair of the Compton block of universal basic income and you'll find people like jack dorsey co-founder of twitter behind this lots of billionaires folks so the billionaires are running around pushing universal basic income because they love poor black people don't you know no i'm serious i'm serious and black folks if you're listening just know that these technocratic billionaires look at this guy Patrick uh, Soonshong, right? The billionaire bioscientist. Let's go dig him up and see what kind of transhumanist experiments he's running on people, folks. Give me a break. Give me a break. They're out here pushing this and running these programs because they're setting up and they're working for the central bankers. Quite damn obvious. Ladies and gentlemen, I am heated here on a Friday night. I am heated. There is a billionaire behind every curtain, ladies and gentlemen. The only curtain you won't find a billionaire behind is the curtain that says freedom, liberty, and human autonomy. I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 
listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. Welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Payne.tv slash gold. All right, folks. What'd it take me? Uh, three seconds on Google? Three seconds on Google over the break, folks. Just so you know, for those of you that are interested in how I do this show. So if you're listening to this at pain.tv slash gold, uh, the show runs with the uh, music break, and then it comes right back on with the music break. There's no commercial in between. Well, I have a 60-second block in there where I take a sip of water or I drink some tea, I check my notes, uh, I can Google stuff if I want to. On the public side, uh, the syndicator puts ads in between there. But for me, I'm gone for 60 seconds, and it allows me to just check my notes. So right now, I skip the sip of water, and I just Google Dr. Patrick Soonshong. He's this guy that is the father of the woman running this uh, universal basic income program out of Compton. I mean, what's the first thing I see here? This is from 2014 at the Business Wire. Dr. Patrick Soonshong unveils Medicine's Manhattan Project at Ariana Huffington's newly launched World Post at the World Economic Forum. Dr. Patrick Soonshong joins Ariana Huffington's Global Voices of World Leaders in the launch of her newest endeavor, the World Post. Today at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, the World Post announced that Dr. Soonshong assumed the role of contributing editor, editor in healthcare and technology to the newly launched publication. And uh, let's see, he's joining major global leaders, including former Prime Minister Tony Blair, Bill Gates, Richard Branson, Yo-Yo Ma, and Larry Summers. Look at all those criminals. Look at all those criminals. I'm not even going to go through this, but just quickly there, right? So now his daughter loves uh, poor black people in the Comptons. And so she's there to help fight uh, police, um, pay out reparations, launch universal basic income because she loves back black people. Folks, throw her out of your neighborhood. All right, it's her type of people that cause you the problems that you have today. Throw her out. If you're for real, tell her you don't want their dirty money because they're going to strap you up with a uh, transcranial electronic stimulation helmet, a brain chip, or a rice size uh, microchip in your hand jammed in in the fleshy part between your thumb and your index finger and they're going to track you as you run around spending their central bank digital currency tokens say no to this woman all right folks it says soon shong is uncommonly focused on the nitty-gritty of guaranteed income programs the 800 Compton Pledge recipients are split into several groups. Some receive money bi-weekly, others monthly, quarterly, or in one lump sum, and amounts range from $3,600 to $7,200 a year based on family size, allowing researchers to draw conclusions about what schedule works best for recipients and how much is necessary to make a substantive difference. Let me just tell you, I, I never, ever, ever want to hear people, ever, 
complain about slavery and their past in slavery slavery was a horrible terrible thing and it's a horrible terrible thing today enslaving another human being is outright disgusting but if you join up in these programs and you allow these billionaires these bankers these technocrats these transhumanists these scumbags to run you in a system like this, to hand you monopoly money and trade for your actual freedom, what is left of it, right? What you claim that you want, what you claim you want reparations for. If you do this, you're falling right back into the plantation system. Tell them, get the hell out of our neighborhood. You've done enough damage already. These people are disgusting what they're doing to you throw them out throw them out of africa throw them out of compton kick these people out they've done enough damage folks you have the power to do it they're there bribing you because they're afraid of you well rise up rise up and throw them out it goes on to say participants can choose from four ways to receive their funds direct deposit venmo paypal or debit card and contract their payments find resources and ask questions on an online platform orders of magnitude more attractive and intuitive than any government website in the history of the internet you're just taking money from the government and interacting with them you talk about the man folks they are the man and it doesn't matter who's in charge whether it's some white cracker whether it's some black charlatan or whether it's some daughter of a Chinese billionaire technocrat. It's all the same. They are the man. You're falling right into a trap. They are going to manipulate you. They're going to gamify your life. They're going to tokenize your spending habits. Folks, please stand up. If anyone listening to this show knows someone from Compton, I will go to Compton and speak there. I will, folks. I will wake people up. You have the opportunity to turn this around and stop on the throat of the man. If you want to send a message, this is how you do it. It goes on to say, while a raft of third-party companies have begun competing for contracts to operate guaranteed income pilot programs and payment systems, Compton's homemade system is significantly cheaper, meaning more money for actual people in need. You see this? These people are lining up for the contracts to operate the guaranteed income pilot programs and payment systems. Who do you think these people are? They are the billionaires running the programs right now. These grifter, schemer, scammer, scumbags. That's what this is, ladies and gentlemen. The billionaires are lining up to hand you funny money, funny money that will be in the form of central bank digital currency. You're going to be tracked and traced everywhere you go and they're going to say well now that we got you addicted to 3600 or 7200 or a bazillion whatever it may be this is what you're going to do to get your money you're going to line up and you're going to get a shot from the government you're going to line up and you're going to be sterilized so you can't have children you're going to line up and you're going to get an abortion this week because you shouldn't have gotten pregnant this is what they are doing to you folks this is an extension of the eugenics program tied into technocracy 
prophecy. I will speak in Compton, and I will take it to this person, this woman, Soon Shong and her father, folks. I'm telling you, stand up. Stand up. If people are out there, stand up to this. This is not good, folks. They are bribing you to join them in an eternal slave system. I mean, you hear the stories of your ancestors that lived under slavery. This is slavery times a billion. This is it. This is forever. This is for all the dice, folks. All right, let's continue. While soon Shong and Tubbs have a good relationship, she is sensitive to the common narrative that he is the leader of the guaranteed income movement. Quote, you talk to Michael Tubbs, and then you maybe put Nika in at the very end. Quote, was how she uh, summed up most reporting on the topic. Their relationship goes back to Stanford, where she was a few years behind him. Seed executive director Suki Samara was two years behind Soon Shong. Tubbs' connection to Jack Dorsey, which led to Dorsey's $15 million donation to mayors for a guaranteed income, also came through Stanford. So see, you got the Stanford uh, hub of folks there with Tubbs, Samara, Soon Shong, Jack Dorsey. And while Tubbs did play a role in the Compton Pledge, introducing Soon Shong to then-Mayor Aisha Brown, she is quick to make clear that she asked for the connection, then presented Brown a 14-page, intricately detailed proposal because she was independently committed to creating a guaranteed income pilot. See, now they're all competing here. All these freaking elites are competing to who's going to have the contracts to hand out the money to the poor people this is how it always has worked folks it's always worked this way you can go dissect any inner city urban program and this is how it works it's all these elitists come in and they want to run the programs handing out the goods to the poor people because they can skim money off the top and the big guys the big technocrats allow this stuff to happen because the grifters have to be allowed to make money they have to be allowed to grift because that's what encourages them to go put these programs into effect so what did it say they can get money through paypal that's peter thiel and elon musk they get money through venmo who owns venmo now it's is it jack dorsey no he has cash app well these are all connected folks it's all the same technocrats goes on to say last year soon chong submitted a proposal for the compton pledges para organization fund for guaranteed income fgi to oversee a pilot program in neighboring los angeles her hometown instead la chose to work with mayors for a guaranteed income using a third-party payments platform instead of the one fgi created she is occasionally exacerbated that having what she sees as unequivocally the best product hasn't made her team the recognized leader in the field, describing the Compton Pledge as, quote, the black sheep, end quote, of the movement. She's also concerned that an endless string of pilots showing the same results isn't an effective way of building on the momentum created in the early pandemic. So see, momentum created in the early pandemic. How could she even use the term black sheep when she's working with black people is that not racist or she can get away with it because she's chinese and she is the daughter of a billionaire technocrat goes on to say quote we know that we are the best at what we do 
And it is disheartening and frustrating when the nonprofit world is centered around who's focusing the most on communications, who is focusing the most on funder outreach, end quote, she said, sitting at the dining room table in her bright white West Hollywood apartment. Quote, we are focusing the most on how to build something that works, and that's not really rewarded. I still think we're right. I still know we're doing it the right way, and it just looks different from what others are doing, end quote. So, again... These uh, billionaire elitists are all fighting over power for who gets to have the payment application, who gets to track the data and send that back to the uh, Bank for International Settlements and the World Bank. That's what these people are complaining about. She says, ask Soon Shang which other pilot programs are, quote, doing it the right way, end quote, and she won't name the big ones launched by city governments this spring and summer in places like Baltimore, New Orleans, and Chicago. Instead, she brings up some of the tiniest programs programs in the country, ones less focused on the academic questions than simply putting money in people's hands. One of the pilots Soon Shong likes to promote, the Boston Area Community Love Fund, started by funding five formerly incarcerated women in Roxbury neighborhood with a budget of $30,000 a year. After FGI came in as a partner in late 2021, the program expanded to 25 currently and formerly incarcerated women. A similar program, the Chicago Future Fund, is using FGI support to provide $500 a month to 30 formerly incarcerated residents in the West Garfield Park neighborhood. Entirely independently from the $31 million pilot the city launched this past summer. Folks, you see how many of these programs are going on right now? See all these universal basic income programs. Did you know that this was actually happening? Did you know this was going on around the country? Did you know that Jack Dorsey, the co-founder of Twitter, when you were worried about whether or not he was going to take away one of your favorite trading card heroes, Twitter accounts for a week or a month or a year or forever? No, people didn't know this. This is happening right now. Universal basic income is being tested right now. This is another way they are introducing central bank digital currency. The climate hustle is one of them. Universal basic income is one of them. And then they're going to move this into social security, disability, you know, traditional welfare, EBT. So they're setting up all of these different test cases right now to be able to work this in. And what's happening, I guarantee, if I wanted to go and spend hours upon hours researching this in depth, I can start to look behind programs that Venmo and PayPal and this uh, woman's private payment network, uh, all the software that they're utilizing, and I would be able to figure out uh, that these companies probably have partnerships with companies like Consensus who are going to help them, once they get the contract, be the key distributor of the UBI in these different sectors to these uh, poor people. And they're going to be the ones brought into the system because they already have the relationship with the poverty-stricken folks in these various cities. It's quite obvious what is happening. I mean, it's all right there. It's all right out in the open at this point. When we get back, we're going to finish this up, folks. Very important stuff because you can't come up with the solutions until you understand the problems. And as you can see, these social engineers are always engineering society. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. 
Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a very heated edition of the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold, and thank you for joining us, folks. It's just getting very heated because I'm sitting here breaking down universal basic income for you, and I'm going to show you how it ties right into central bank digital currency. But as I'm reviewing this article, I just need to point out to you the social engineers behind the system are the billionaire technocrats, right? This is all done for a purpose, and it's not to help poor black people. It's not, folks. It's not. I I hate to tell you this. If you're one of these people that is looking for a good person, some good billionaire out there, they don't exist. They didn't become billionaires by being a good person. They are definitely not interested in freedom, liberty, and human autonomy. They are about total control. They are working for uh, and to implement a system of total control systematic control of the means of production and the distribution of goods and services and they're utilizing the science of social engineering to do such and you can see those two things alive and well in this system here let's continue it says in the earliest days of the community love fund program founder andrea james says she asked the mayor of boston for a small grant to support the group's work but was turned down which she now considers a gift running the program through a nonprofit, the National Council for Incarcerated and Formerly Incarcerated Women and Girls, makes the program feel like mutual aid, not a tool of the establishment. Quote, we're building alternate systems from within communities because even when we can get a city or state entity to work with us on things, they mostly commandeer our language and then replicate something that is still attached to law enforcement attached to government bureaucracy attached to things that aren't community-led end quote james says ultimately though getting more money to more people requires the type of massive funding that only governments can provide of course fgi recently announced partnership with two government-run programs in california one in sonoma county and one in long beach tubbs meanwhile is now working as an advisor to california governor gavin newsom who last year approved a 35 million dollar fund to create additional guaranteed income pilots quote i am a hyper pragmatist end quote tubbs says community love fund quote is great for the five women in roxbury it's going to change their lives but there's thousands who need it and government scale right end quote were you aware were you aware that all this is going on i was not many of the newest pilots are doing their best to have it both ways running the program through the city government which allows them to combine philanthropic dollars with pandemic relief funds pandemic relief funds folks covid land the high school theater production sets up universal basic income 
but planning the details with an unusual level of input from ordinary residents. In Baltimore, three representatives from neighborhood groups sat on the pilot steering committee alongside scholars, lawyers, and nonprofit executives. Nonprofit executives, lawyers, and scholars, all the greatest people on earth. In July 2021, the group proposed three potential target populations for the pilot, asking Mayor Scott to choose among young parents, residents of neighborhoods with the highest crime rates, or formerly incarcerated residents. Instead, he asked for a hybrid approach. 18 to 24 year old parents in high crime neighborhoods all of them making under the city's medium income in august 200 young parents uh, in august 200 young parents in baltimore received their first one thousand dollar payments of the two-year pilot by the time they get their last in summer 2024 the guaranteed income movement will be in a very different place where that will be no one is entirely sure Perhaps the wave of evidence-based support for anti-poverty initiatives will have grown into an unstoppable groundswell, forcing conservatives and moderates to get on board. But it's disconcertingly easy to imagine the opposite, that poverty rates continue to rise unchecked after a precipitous drop during the pandemic, and most of us silently agree to look the other way. No, you don't have to worry about that. I'm sure this is going to be rolled out in the form of central bank digital currency. I'm sure of that. Keep your eye on that, folks. Back in Stockton, Zona Everett, you know, the lady who was paid and personally trained to be a spokesman for the movement. Zona Everett, Miss Puffy Jacket, the one who drinks the caramel frappuccinos, still hadn't been able to return to work as of September because of chronic illness. I thought she suffered from COVID, and then she took a job at Tesla, but now she has chronic illness. And since her $500 a month ran out in early 2021, she has struggled to make ends meet. She is on a variety of state benefit programs, picks up a little extra money doing nails for friends and neighbors, and occasionally swallows her pride enough to accept handouts from church, but it's never quite enough. I thought she was tithing. 10% 10% of her money to the church, but now she's taking hands out to the church. See, when you take these uh, characters here, remember yesterday in episode 101, I started laughing when I was reading the setup to Zona Everett because it sounded comical. I said it was almost written like a script. It sounded like a movie. They hit on every single point to tug at every single heartstring. Well, now it doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. But remember, they just admitted in the article, she's an invention. She's a paid spokesman for the movement. A few months after Seed ended, her car was repossessed, right? So the $500 a month that she was getting... Uh, was paying for her car and everything else. Well, they said she had a car payment, folks, which was probably over $500. So where is all this other stuff coming from? Now she's on all these programs. What happened to her Tesla job? She was working for DoorDash. Where did all that go? It goes on to say, if the current pilots end without a clear... Now, let me, let me just ask you this. So if she was paid and trained to say the program was great and it took her out of poverty and it saved her life and everybody needs CBDC universal basic income, how do we know she's not trained to now say because the program ended, she's back in poverty? Huh? Does anyone explain that? No, of course they don't. 
goes on to say if the current pilots end without a clear path towards a larger policy thousands of people will be left in everett's shoes what would she wear in gucci shoes to go with her white puffer jacket she remains thankful for the twelve thousand dollars she received over the two years of seed but these days an earlier poster child of guaranteed incomes possibilities has yet again been left to fend for herself see this so the whole story here again this is written by megan greenwell she's a journalist in new york she's writing a book about private equity and how it affects workers and this is the washington post but this was a fantastic piece because we learned a lot about universal basic income all the programs taking place around the country and the fact that the government has paid actors to go out there on tv and to promote the program that's probably how we're going to title this episode Government has paid actors to promote the benefits of universal basic income, which leads to central bank digital currency, a system of total control, something like that, folks, something like that. But that's why we need to review this again. If you don't understand the problems and the programs, then you really aren't going to understand how the hell we're going to overcome this. But as you can see, the reason why I say it's inevitable that this is coming is because these kind of programs are running all around the country. All these experiments, all these things backed by these billionaire technocrats. Look at this one guy. His daughter's running around do this. Who she's funded by? Daddy, obviously. Daddy tied to World Economic Forum. I could probably spend three episodes dissecting that guy. Probably a big vaccine pusher, I would imagine. Yeah, they'll probably have that tied into her program. Go get your COVID vaccine and you'll get your $3 this week. Don't worry. We love you. We love you. We're here to save you. I am billionaire Chinese girl here in Compton to save you. I mean, come on, ladies and gentlemen. Come on. You need to understand this is happening and you'll see the writing is on the wall. So the question is, how are we going to get around this? And how does this play in? How does universal basic income play into all of this? When we get back, we're going to review this over here at Coindesk.com. They cover all kinds of crypto news. And this is an article from March 2020, updated in September 2021. And it is how central banks could use digital cash to deliver universal basic income income i told you it all ties together in this system of total control ladies and gentlemen i'll be right back this is dust and gold with the dust and gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dust and gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. Right here on Pain.tv slash gold. And you are listening to me, your host, Dustin Gold, over here at Coindesk.com, folks, again. We're looking at this opinion piece, how central banks could use digital cash to deliver universal basic income. It says, central banks are well-placed to deliver regular, no-questions-asked monthly payments to everyone and to manage any ensuing inflation. 
All right. And this is by Francis Coppola, not Francis Ford Coppola. Uh, the uh, what is that the uncle of uh, nicholas cage and i don't know why folks i get a lot of people in grocery stores and stuff especially over the last probably five years say hey uh, i had a lady yesterday actually i was in the food lion the crappiest grocery store around i had to run in there real quick i think that was yesterday i had to just get some organic carrots real fast to throw in the turkey it was two days ago she said excuse me sir i don't mean to offend you uh, but I just wanted to tell you, you look like Nicolas Cage. I get it all the time. It's hilarious. I mean, I don't think I really look like Nicolas Cage, uh, but whatever, whatever. I guess I am uh, the national treasure, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe one day I'll be a national treasure. Because Francis Coppola, a Coindesk columnist, is a freelance writer and speaker on banking, finance, and economics. Her book, quote, The Case for People's Quantitative Easing, end quote, explains how modern money creation and quantitative easing work and advocates, quote, helicopter money, end quote, to help economies out of recession. With the advent of the coronavirus pandemic, universal basic income has suddenly become big news. And so we know that because we just reviewed universal basic income, which is why if I introduce this idea that CBDC could be the one to manage universal basic income before we discussed universal basic income over the last episode and a half you would have been missing out on a big chunk folks so think about it that's why i explained universal basic income to you and i think that washington post piece was enough we don't really have to get into universal basic income anymore except that i'm going to show you all the players involved with it goes on to say many people are now calling for governments to give everyone a regular income with no work requirements since we want most people to stay at home and not work with no means testing that is adjusting for income right you heard that people are now calling for governments to give everyone a regular income with no work requirements since we want most people to stay at home and not work with no means testing right so again this was written originally in march 2020 march 30th 2020 right when covid land the high school theater production kicked off it was updated in september 2021 but this article was written right then we want everyone to stay home okay universal basic income let's kick that off well it came in the form of stimulus checks and all those programs we just read about in the Washington Post basically popped up because of COVID land, the high school theater production. Again, problem, reaction, solution. Everything is orchestrated. Everything is socially engineered. It goes on to say, however, delivering universal basic income is problematic. Governments lack the up-to-date information on identities and addresses needed for physical delivery of money or prepaid cards. And checks or bank transfers shut out the unbanked. The unbanked. The unbanked. I'll show you the numbers on the unbanked in a future show. Let me write that down because we do have those. Minuscule. Minuscule goes on to say that leaves a gap for a new institution to step in like a central bank that's not really a new institution (laughs) the federal reserve came into effect in 1913 under woodrow wilson i did a show on that folks uh that leaves a gap for a new institution to step in like a central bank which could issue a digital currency as an efficient way of delivering a universal basic income 
And so she's got a uh, another article which we're going to review in the future called Four Reasons Central Banks Should Launch Retail Digital Currencies. And as we talked about a couple of episodes, the difference between wholesale and retail. So we'll be covering a little bit more about that as we finish up with Central Bank Digital Currency over the next few episodes. It goes on to say universal basic income is a cash income that is paid to every individual regardless of their circumstances. It is paid, quote, regularly. For example, not one-off, those would be helicopter drops. Directly, for example, not via an intermediary such as a bank. To the individual, not the household or family. Unconditionally, for example, without work requirements or means testing, though it may be taxed away at higher incomes. And then universally, for example, to everyone irrespective of their age, gender, race, religion, class, income, or any other characteristic. So just go back to the other one, which says, though it may be taxed away at higher incomes, that's like the stimulus check. People with higher incomes didn't necessarily receive one, right? So if you make enough money, they're not going to give it to you. So they're going to pay poor people to remain poor. Goes on to say, government already gives regular payments to benefit claimants. Many of these are intermediated through banks, but programs such as food stamps bypass banks. However, because food stamps have a restricted use, they are often traded by the poor for money since people can't live on basic foodstuffs alone. Also, many benefits, even if paid in cash, tend to go to the household rather than to individuals creating hardship for, say, women in abusive relationships, right? So like the stimulus check, they sent that to the individuals assigned to your social security number. If you remember, you can look it up on the government website, your social security number. But see right there? It says, however, the food stamps have a restricted use, so they're often traded by poor for money. Well, remember, under Technocracy Incorporated, under the energy certificate, you are not allowed to trade it, you're not allowed to sell it, you're not allowed to transfer it, and you're not allowed to save it. And so that's the system they're working towards. We've seen that in several articles already. That's the programmable and the expiring money. It goes on to say, in the United Kingdom where I live, the conservative government's flawed universal credit system shows how harsh work requirements can deprive people of the means to live. While pushing people too fast to go with benefits creates a uh, uh, disincentive to work, welfare systems are by their very nature both complex and perverse goes on to say the present crisis has stretched welfare systems beyond their limit and demonstrated governments can't deliver the basic income that everyone needs and that i believe should be everyone's by right there is an urgent need and many practical reasons to provide every individual with a no questions asked basic income delivered in the form of digital cash dollars but how might it work see Here's the other thing I want to point out, folks. The world that these folks have engineered for us that we live in right now, this materialistic, consumeristic world that we live in, they engineered this world, right? So now the idea is that if you can't live within this world they engineered, they're going to give you monopoly money uh, with conditions, with conditions. Don't ever be tricked by the fact that this money will be given to you without conditions uh, to then be able to afford to live inside of this realm, this system that they created. I mean, they created it. You did not create it. I did not create it. They created it. 
It's driven by the very elites that now want to give you monopoly dollars to live inside the system. But it's a new system we're moving into. They've now moved us into the fourth industrial revolution, which moves into the fourth industrial era. The fourth industrial revolution. It goes on to say the first thing, forget about any universal payment, that would mean higher government debt. UBI needs to be a right that cannot be taken away. Government debt is ultimately paid from taxes, and people can and do vote and welfare programs that take too many tax dollars. It's, it's actually all created by debt. One of the biggest criticisms of UBI is that it would go to everyone, regardless of means. Higher taxes for people on high incomes would, of course, effectively tax it away. But this is not as visible as withdrawing it. Politically, the U of UBI would soon be dropped if it were funded from tax revenue. So let's consider a totally different source of money, the central bank. There would be two ways for a central bank to deliver UBI. One would be for the central bank to put money into people's bank accounts to ensure this went to as many people as possible. Governments would have to force banks to offer basic banking services to everyone. But even so, some people would drop through the net. After all, you can't force people to have bank accounts, and some people choose not to. There's another more radical route. That would be for everyone to have accounts at the central bank. Of course, the central bank isn't a retail payment agent, so there would be no. Uh, there would need to be a gateway to payment network. How might this work? <coughs> Excuse me, folks. This is where a CBDC might come in. Imagine that instead of creating a gateway to the existing bank-dominated payment system which would once again create problems for people who didn't want to use banks, the central bank created a digital currency and an associated wallet. The digital currency could be a stable coin with a one-to-one peg to the U.S. dollar guaranteed by the central bank. And you know what a stable coin is because we spent uh, half an episode on that a couple of episodes ago goes on to say every month the central bank would put an amount of digital dollars in the wallet people would access the wallet via their smartphones or other devices they could transfer the digital dollars to their bank accounts if they wished or they could spend them directly because the guaranteed dollar peg would ensure they would be acceptable in payment for goods and services See, it's going to become the systematic control of the distribution of goods and services. I would expect a forest of apps to appear, enabling people to use these digital dollars for whatever they want. Alternatively, people could exchange the digital dollars for other cryptocurrencies. (laughs) Amazing. I don't want to open a bank account with the commercial bank or with the central bank, but I'll definitely download the digital wallet connected to the central bank. Goes on to say, at this point, those who firmly believe money should be scarce will shout, but what about inflation? Regularly giving money to people, no question asked, would increase the risk of inflation, they would say. Answer, it's the central bank's job to manage inflation. The central bank could vary the payments, reducing them if consumer prices started to rise or increase them if they fell. Just creating more problems, folks. More problems. Alternatively, they could keep interest rates much higher, bearing down on bank lending and reducing the economy's reliance on debt. Many people might welcome this. They're always going to tie it to more debt. Well, actually, they might tie this to uh, carbon. To carbon. That's what we think is coming. 
and we'll get into that in future shows. It goes on to say, obviously, the idea central banks could deliver UBI using a central bank digital currency isn't going to please those who think central banks shouldn't exist and money should be entirely decentralized. But let's face it, a fully decentralized universal basic income is a pipe dream. In many countries, the central bank is independent of government and largely immune from the whims of politicians. It is best placed to deliver a regular no-questions-asked monthly payment to everyone and to manage any ensuing inflation that way when the next disaster hits we won't once again scrabble about trying and failing to get money to people via patchwork of inadequate benefits tax systems and primitive payment networks it's too late to create a cbdc for the current crisis but as part of the exit strategy we should plan to create a central bank digital currency as soon as possible and create a constitutional right to universal basic income so that when the next disaster hits people know they will survive well ask yourself if the central banks are independent of government how could you create a constitutional right to force the central bank to deliver free money to people money to people that is not tied to debt it's just free money folks that doesn't cause inflation and it adjusts the interest rates uh, based on how much they have distributed what a crock folks but see this was written in march 2020 as covid land the high school theater production was rolling out and what have we seen happen exactly what this person calls for over the last two years we now see the universal basic income experiments rolling out across the country just as this author wants right the beginning of testing it out for the next so-called pandemic the next disaster and at the same time we now see 105 to 112 countries working on and in various stages of research development and deployment of their central bank digital currencies this person right here predicted the future ladies and gentlemen the future because we're living in the future right now when i get back let me show you what is coming out of the biden administration ladies and gentlemen i'll be right back this is dust and gold with the dust and gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dust and gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash Gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Pain.tv slash gold. I am Dustin Gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. Folks, I hope when you walk away from this show every day you are smarter than when you arrived and i think you are folks because we are covering stuff here over the last 102 episodes that i think others have not covered not in the depth we have or in the hopefully entertaining fashion that we try to deliver this stuff to you so that you'll actually get through it there's a lot of really good podcasters out there that cover some of this stuff, but uh, and I was an avid listener of many of them. I unfortunately have not listened to a lot of stuff over the last uh, few months as I've been building the show because I just don't have time and I don't want to be tainted by other people's work. But some of it, though, it was just so boring. I would fall asleep in the car while listening to it. 
Uh, so I hope now you have a solid understanding of, you know, stable coins and smart contracts and Ethereum and blockchain and CBDC and universal basic income all in a few episodes. You're getting a crash course on this stuff. All right, let's take a look at this and then I'll show you. Uh, what's rolling out right now. This is at blockworks.co. And this is an article from January 21st, 2021. So about a year into COVID land, the high school theater production. And this article was Biden might give universal basic income a chance, but forget about CBDCs. Now, just hold on that. Hold on that for a second, folks. It says, although there has been a change in administration at the White House, the American economy is still reeling from the impact of COVID-19. This impact, however, has affected the economy and workers in a dramatically different way. Um, Your ability to do work, uh, to do your job remotely from the confines of your home effectively determines if you are using this upheaval to get ahead or if you are stuck on the sidelines of prosperity. Given that this only accelerates the gulf of inequality, lawmakers are looking at solutions that were once thought of as radical to ameliorate this economic plan. Popularized by Democratic leadership candidate Andrew Yang, I told you he was backed by Elon Musk, the idea of universal basic income, giving everyone a check for a fixed amount regardless of socioeconomic status, is once again being considered seriously as a means to pull low-income earners out of a COVID-induced economic trap. After all, low-income earners are disproportionately impacted by health authority orders to close customer-facing businesses. Hotels, restaurants, and retail have laid off significantly more staff than the technology or professional services sector. And tell me that wasn't orchestrated, folks. Tell me that wasn't orchestrated. And it continues, for higher earners, this extra cash would serve as pure stimulus to encourage further discretionary consumption, particularly as interest rates disincentivize savings. All orchestrated. While the idea of free money might have many associating this policy with the far left. The reality is the idea of universal basic income is something that has support on both the right, the center, and the left. Now, get this here, folks. The libertarian Cato think tank, often accused of being a shield to promote the interest of the Koch brothers, well, the Koch brothers actually funds it, is a staunch proponent of it. Matt Zulinski of the Institute's Economist argues that by giving the economically disadvantaged money with no strings attached, it provides them with agency to make the most efficient decisions. In contrast, the multitude of government-run welfare programs do not have a successful track record of reducing poverty. It continues to creep up, yet costs nearly $1 trillion. Zulinski argues that the majority of welfare programs disincentivize work, so should they be Uh, So they should be slashed. The $1 trillion could be better spent elsewhere. For libertarians, it's a win-win, reducing the size of government while boosting economic demand, right? So it's going to reduce the size of government by distributing the $1 trillion in welfare in a different way, right, says the libertarians. And uh, I hate to tell you, the libertarian movement at the top here coming out of the Cato Institute, uh, with people like Peter Thiel, 
It's fraudulent. It has nothing to do with freedom or liberty. When these folks are talking about handing out a universal basic income from the government or from the central bank to the people that the system has made poor, there's nothing libertarian about that, folks. Nothing. It goes on to say, within the political center, the argument holds that universal basic income is an effective tool of redistribution while encouraging work, as one does not have to worry about exceeding income thresholds of welfare programs and risk being cut off. Harvard economics professor Maximilian Casey argued in a 2018 paper that government subsidies of low-wage work via welfare fair further depresses wages and punish higher income workers for their efficiency through a higher tax rate uh well i am for eliminating the income tax altogether i think they should close the irs and they should eliminate the income tax uh, that's what actually should be done, right? So it goes on to say, and on the left, the argument is based around the failure of trickle-down economics to provide meaningful growth and an encouragement of rent-seeking behavior. A favorable capital gains tax, for instance, means that equity from startup wealth is taxed more favorably than wages. The coming loom of automation is bound to replace jobs for a cross-section of society. Equities traders can be replaced through artificial intelligence perhaps more easily than taxi drivers. And so it goes on in this article to say a targeted universal basic income might not cause rampant asset inflation. All right. And so this gets more into uh, universal basic income. And as we get down here into the next section, because I'm not going to review all of this for you right now, it says CBDCs and universal basic income. One of the hottest terms in fintech throughout 2020, aside from Bitcoin, has been the idea of a central bank digital currency, or CBDC. A CBDC is a digital form of central bank money issued by a central bank on a digital ledger similar to a blockchain. This is opposed to digital commercial bank money, which is money held by a bank that has been digitized. It's the kind of money used when you pay via a mobile app or debit card. China is considered the leader in this field with a digital RMB known as a DCEP. But the Accenture-backed digital dollar project led by Christopher Giancarlo, former, uh, former Commodity Futures Trading Commission chairman, is positioning the U.S. to play catch-up. And we're going to go more into uh, Christopher Giancarlo in uh, future episodes. So what they're talking about here, folks is that the uh, Biden administration is looking into a universal basic income, but not looking at central bank digital currency. Now, this was written in January 21st, 2021, right? We're almost in 2023, two years later. Well, let's see what happened here, folks. In September 2022, so uh, we would say almost a year, uh, I was at 19 months after this article was written, the White House puts this out. Technical Possibilities for U.S. Central Bank Digital Currency by Dr. Alondra Nelson, head of the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy, Alexander uh, McGillery, Principal Deputy United States Chief Technology Officer, and Nick uh, Marta, 
policy advisor, right? So this just comes out now a couple of months ago, and it says President Biden often summarizes his vision for America in one word, possibilities. A, quote, digital dollar, end quote, may seem far-stretched, but modern technology could make it a real possibility. A United States, this is right from the White House, a United States central bank digital currency, CBDC, would be a digital form of the U.S. dollar, while the United States has not yet decided whether it will pursue a CBDC. Well, we know the Federal Reserve is in the middle of a test right now. We went over that a couple of episodes ago. The United States has been closely examining the implications of and options for issuing a CBDC. If the United States pursued a CBDC, There could be many possible benefits, such as facilitating efficient and low-cost transactions, fostering greater access to the financial system, boosting economic growth, and supporting the continued centrality of the United States within the international financial system. However, a U.S. CBDC could also introduce a variety of risks as it might affect everything ranging from the stability of the financial system to the protection of sensitive data. Notably, these benefits and risks might vary significantly based on how the CBD system is designed and deployed. That is why Executive Order 14067 ensuring responsible development of digital assets place the highest urgency on research and development efforts into the potential design and deployment options of a United States CBDC. The executive order directed the Office of Science and Technology Policy in consultation with other federal departments and agencies to submit to the president a technical evaluation for a potential U.S. CBDC. Today, OSTP is publishing its report, Technical Evaluation for United States Central Bank Digital Currency System, which lays out policy objectives for a potential United States Central Bank Digital Currency System and analyzes key technical design choices for a United States CBDC system. The report also estimates the technical feasibility of building a CBDC minimum viable product and describes how a United States CBDC system might affect federal operations. The report makes recommendations on how to prepare the federal government for United States CBDC system. Importantly, the report does not make any assessments or recommendations about whether the United States should pursue a CBDC, nor does it make any decisions regarding particular design choices for a potential U.S. CBDC. And so tomorrow, We are going to go through the rest of this, and then we're going to take a look at the connecting documents, uh, and then we're going to work back into consensus, because we have to see how they play a part in this. Now, you'd say to yourself, ladies and gentlemen, how is this all going to work? How does it all connect? So I'm just going to leave you with a little food for thought. Uh, Yesterday, in episode 101, maybe the day before, in episode 100, I had mentioned to you Uh, And this is not what I want. Up on the screen, I have Elon Musk says we need universal basic income because in the future, physical work will be a choice. But don't worry about that. We're going to get to that. I had told you that a lot of the CBDC being discussed in various countries is being built 
on top of the Ethereum protocol. Ethereum being started in 2013 by Vitalik Buterin, who then in 2014 dropped out of college with a $100,000 grant from Peter Thiel, the technocrat and transhumanist, to work on Ethereum. He then launched Ethereum in 2015. His partner, Joseph Lubin, split off and formed Consensus. Consensus is working with the central banks, as well as with Visa, MasterCard, other so-called private companies, to build a CBDC system that will be disseminated through uh, the various financial networks like Visa. Well, I want to just show you because I always talk about how we are the worker bees and we are building our own slave system. I want to just show you this article here. This is food for thought as we go. I want you to think about this tonight or during the day. This is on siliconangle.com, like Silicon Valley. And this is an article here, and it was written in September 2022, same time this report from the White House came out. It said, Web3 developer tool provider Infura announces plans to launch decentralized protocol. I just want to show you this. Infura Inc., the provider of tools and application programming interfaces for connecting decentralized apps to Ethereum, said today it's planning to launch a decentralized protocol to complement its existing product in order to provide better services for the peer-to-peer transactions of Web3 ecosystems. Infura was launched in 2016 with the goal of providing developers an access point for Web3 otherwise known as the decentralized web. It allows for peer-to-peer transactions using blockchain technology without the need for centralized servers by using Ethereum for computing and the interplanetary file system, a decentralized storage network. Since that time, the company has grown to support more than 430,000 developers who have built blockchain-based games, decentralized finance applications, non-fungible token marketplaces, social media applications, and more using its tools. It's the core infrastructure behind popular apps such as the massively popular MetaMask cryptocurrency wallet and the Ethereum name service. So MetaMask, folks, is owned by Consensus. We showed you that. So now you say you've got Infura Inc., a provider of tools and application programming interfaces to sit on top of Ethereum, right? With 430,000 developers. These are all the worker bees, people like, I don't know, maybe your neighbor that are working to develop this system, the system that CBDC is going to ride on top of. Remember, we showed you the Bank for International Settlements Innovation Hub document where Consensus built this test pilot sitting on top of Ethereum. Well, let me show you. Who is Infura Inc.? Well, right here on their website, blog.infura.io, October 13, 2019, Infura has officially been acquired by Consensus. So Infura is owned by Consensus. This is the company run by Joseph Lubin, who was co-founder of Ethereum with partner Vilak Buterin, who was funded by Peter Thiel to develop Ethereum. And so you have 430,000 developers working on the Infura network, which is now owned by Consensus. And you would say to yourself, well, 
I don't know. Let me give you a tip, folks. If you want to live one foot in the system and one foot out of the system, if you see this as truly inevitable as I do, and I don't recommend you do this, I prefer to uh, get my five, six acres out in West Virginia and farm as long as I can. But if it ends up moving in a direction where the only way to make money is inside this system, you can go right over to consensus.net and look what they have here. We're going to go through this website with a fine-tooth comb over the coming episodes. Wait until you see everything they're working on. But right here, consensus.net, and we're over here at their academy. And they have what? View our world-class programs, online blockchain education. You have certificate programs or everyone from beginners to experienced developers. And they have all these courses. Blockchain Essentials, you can take this course. Developer Program On Demand, you could sign up for this course. Blockchain Developer Online Bootcamp, you can sign up for this course. I mean, folks, it's insanity. You can go over here to Consensus Academy, and they have all these different programs here, folks. Uh, they've got basic training, blockchain developer, state and payment, power up your app using JS and Infura, build your own uh, Ethereum API with Infura and Compound. So Consensus is now monopolizing all of this. I showed you SoftBank's involved, uh, Microsoft is involved, but these are the folks that are going to be coding the whole system for central bank digital currency. I mean, there's other players out there, but this is one of the biggest ones I was able to find. So food for thought, when you say, how is this going to get done? It's such a large undertaking. Folks, there's 430,000 developers worldwide already operating within this Ethereum ecosystem. The ecosystem that is the backbone to deliver central bank digital currency to you, the consumer, and for you to be able to push it over to the merchants. And then everyone else who is in the supply chain from the manufacturers to the so-called retailers, ladies and gentlemen, an army of 430,000 worker bees. So I tell you this. I tell you this, and I'll be honest with you, you want to talk about solutions for our kids and our grandkids, and I've talked to Maria Albanese, co-host of the Thomas Paine podcast on Fridays about this. My son, William, is going to be trained in everything from churning butter with the Amish uh, to hunting deer to being able to survive in the wilderness all the way to being able to program on the blockchain and when he turns 13 14 15 16 he's going to be making his own decisions he will be fully educated on the stuff that we talk about here at the dust and gold standard this will be the basis for his homeschool so he knows the true history of our country and where we are today the present prison planet that we live in today and then he will be allowed to make a decision some people would say that's too much to teach a kid well let me ask you a question is it more responsible of me to teach him the truth and set him up for this world we're moving into to teach him how to live off the land and also how to live inside the matrix and be able to make cbdc if that's what he has to do or should i completely shield him from the technology or completely shield him from surviving in the wild no now if you are a responsible parent or grandparent i think we know what 
the education system has to be, the one we develop for homeschool. We have to teach our children from one extreme to the other. In the end, it will be their decision. He may grow up to put a brain chip in his head and go live inside the metaverse. At the end of the day, I can't stop him once he turns 18 years old. But I am going to provide him with the toolbox with a set of skills to survive from one extreme to the other. And I think that is part of the solution. The solution is to be realistic. It's not about me anymore. It is about my son. And I will train my son to be a warrior from hunting in the woods to surviving inside of the matrix. It is my responsibility to understand all of this, to know how it works, and to be able to train him because he's not going to learn this in the public indoctrination centers. There he will be taught to just be a slave. In my world, he will be taught to not just survive this system, but to thrive in this system so think about that folks i will see you tomorrow for episode 103 my name is dustin gold this is the dustin gold standard and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold the matrix is a computer generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold.